This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to the Global Leadership Platform. I'm Kevin Farquharson, a global leadership activist and also part of the uh, Leadership Platform team. And myself and Louis Grunewald are here today to continue a conversation we had a few weeks ago. And uh, welcome, Louis. That's great to be here, Kevin. I'm looking forward to today's discussion once again with you. And that's who we have. We have Professor Theo H. Feltzman, um, who's a regular on our show. And, and Theo, thank you for once again spending your time with us and being with us again today to continue this wonderful conversation of um, that we had a few weeks ago on leadership maturity. Yes, thank you very much for having me and uh, um, also a good day to the listeners. Looking forward to our uh, discussion and conversation today. Let me start personally at the end of the of the uh, of the uh, uh, write up that Prof. Theo has given us to give an indication of what today is about. It follows up on the previous discussion on leadership maturity, and also, if I can just quote the last paragraph in the final end, the journey to leadership maturity is a personal choice, directed and guided by the imperative of finding, understanding, and accepting myself. It is the journey of growing self-awareness and insight towards a true self through intense self-reflection. Now, the truth is, people, that um, there is no such thing as a perfect leader. If we are mortal, uh, we are imperfect. One of the attributes we have found consistent with people that we call authentic leaders is this mindset towards learning all the time. I've got no doubt in my mind now. When a person stops being receptive, and this is something Professor Theo has mentioned several times, then he stops being an authentic leader. He becomes a know-it-all and a, a bit of a um, possibly having a toxic influence. Um, so the, the discussion is about mature leadership, but it's also about very much about those factors that make you and I happy and self-fulfilled love. Make no mistake, don't, don't disassociate this subject of leadership with our personal destiny, our potential, and our ability to rise to the fullness of our own potential. You can't separate the two. And the more that uh, uh, we are involved with top leaders, the more we realize the imperative of what we discuss now is that it's all about the personal journey. Um, Theo, any comments about on that? Yes, I can just but echo what you said, Louis. It is uh, it's uh, this maturity leadership maturity is a is is a choice. It is a journey, and that the no perfect leaders, and we have to grow all the time. And how do you grow? Is you growing by learning, and that learning is also some sometimes unlearning. Sometimes it's very much new learning. Um, it's sometimes learning. Uh, by by questioning who and what you are in terms of the set of glasses you have on when you look at the world. So learning, and especially in the the the, the type of world we live in, about you know, I, I recently saw an, a statistic which is shows you the impact of of the new world in which we live, the so-called knowledge society. A single issue of the Time magazine, you know, the one with that r r red bound, uh, boundary, yes, border. Yes. 
contains more information than a person, the average person in the Middle Ages was exposed to during their whole lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) That's the the knowledge explosion. It means that we have to learn, but from that, uh, there's a process there as well as of learning for me. Uh, and, and, and that's where the self-reflection comes in. It's we have these experiences as leaders, and from that we gather information. But that information we have to turn into knowledge, and the knowledge in terms into wisdom. And it's through the wisdom that we actually become more mature leaders. So that conversion process has to happen all the time uh, through reflective learning. But uh, as I mentioned just now, uh, listeners, the, uh, the the process we are speaking about today it's really about us personally, but also um, as you go through the well-thought-through parameters that Theo is going to discuss and guide us through today, please um, don't be too harsh on yourself. Um, uh, the more receptive we are to learn and to change, uh, we should also be receptive to what we are. Most of the people who listen to this have gone through experiences where they They've walked to the coals of life to some extent. So therefore, don't underestimate the, the level of maturity you have by simply being receptive to what we are discussing today. Theo, please um, um, set the scene for us so we can go ahead. Yeah. I first want to just, uh, if I may, um, Louis and Kevin, recap on last week uh, or the last discussion we had last month, just of the stages of, of uh Maturity, growing through maturity, and that is from as when you are from birth up till you when you are an adult. The first stage we said was confident ableness, uh, the uh, identity of self worth. As a child, as a young child, I have to 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 mature to the level where I, I accept myself and I see myself as worthy. The second stage, roughly right around being an adolescent, is is the identity. Uh, stage two of ecocentric satisfaction, identity of delayed gratification. I must lay, understand that I've got needs, but that I must, in a, a, a delayed fashion, when it's appropriate, satisfy those needs and not have a short-term uh, drive to just satisfy at all cost my needs. So I learn how to handle my needs. The third stage, which is the young adult, is where I discover my own personal uniqueness an identity of uniqueness uh, where I then know I'm a unique person but also unique in association with others. The third stage, we're now talking uh, the uh, pretty much an adult, a shared destiny, stage four, an identity of envisioning. And the final stage of maturity, which we typically would reach around about 45, 50, is an, a stage five of servanthood. Identity of meaningful purposefulness. So there are these stages, and really the the purpose of today's masterclass is to talk about if we have to now uh, profile the mature versus the immature leaders in the threefold relationships they are in self, others, in the world. What would that would uh, look like? Because by understanding immaturity, in a sense, we also understand maturity. By understanding maturity, we also then uh, come to grips with what could uh, immaturity be. Because maturity and immaturity, uh, immaturity is not the absence of maturity. It is actually some uh, pretty much features that are active. So it's not the absence of, it is the presence of immature features. But the maturity is associated with 
we're looking at both sides of the, the coin. And yes. This, and this is why Theos tackled this whole presentation is the fact that he points out exactly what a mature leader should should be or act, and we recognize that. And then at the same time, the corresponding uh, immature reaction, and that's when we really also grow, is when we recognize that in ourselves and learn to smile a bit at ourselves, but realize we're paying a price for it. Thanks, Theo. Please go ahead. <clears throat> yes, uh, perhaps also just to recap, to establish a baseline uh, around what maturity is. Maturity has got three characteristics. Uh, it's the leader's ability, firstly, to engage consistently in a relevant, uh, productive and uplifting ways with himself, others and the world. What do we mean by the terms uh, relevant? It's in an agile fashion. In other words, I adjust myself to fit context and circumstances. I don't have the same recipe all the time. I've got that flexibility or the popular term nowadays, agility. The second one is in my engagement with, with, with the world, with others, myself, I actually create something of value. I make a difference. And the third one, and that's the process of, of engaging with the world, edifying, uh, in the process of engaging with others, myself, and the world, I uplift them. So it's the process of making it better, but also when the result of, of leaving something better behind. So I think that's important to understand that. And I think, uh, uh, Louis and Kevin, uh, how I think we must approach the discussion is now to look at maturity, immaturity uh, in the three relationships that a leader is standing. And the first is in relation to himself. Um, should I proceed? Yes. Yes, yes. I just want to mention, uh, Theo, you, you discussed those three, three areas that one needs to develop maturity in. But at the same time, the immaturity, um, Theo's also sketched, saying that it has a, a completely um, opposite impact on your personality, etc. It's important to understand, to see the signs in the cells. Mm -hmm. But I think we'll pick it up as we go along. Yes. Now, may I uh, uh, um, just re-emphasize that point again and picking up on, on, on uh, what you said, Louis, is immaturity is not the absence of maturity. It's actually the presence of certain negative things. Like uh, maturity is the presence of certain positive things. Now, if we look at the mature, high leadership maturity with respect to self, in other words, the person himself as a leader. Firstly, the mature leader in relating to himself uh, um, manifests deep self-insight. And he has, which is tempered by a realistic and humble self-confidence. Um, this, this leader fully accepts who and what he is or he, she is with all the strengths and the weaknesses. Uh, can I put it this way in a popular way? This person likes himself, warts and all. Um, he says, yes, um, I've got these weaknesses, I've got these strengths, but he, he, this person is at peace with himself. And because this person is at peace with himself, he acts in an equi uh, equitable, predictable manner of, of uh, regardless of the circumstances. He's always, he or she is always the same. I don't know whether you want to comment at that stage be, yes. uh, as I further proceed with the, the mature person in relation to himself. Maybe you want to comment on that? It, it's, it goes with, um, there's the adage about loving yourself or loving others yeah. as you love yourself. And yeah. this is a mature thing. This is not a vain thing. 
and and I think there's a people are seem to be on other ends of the the spectrum. Either they are arrogant and full of themselves, or mm. they degrade themselves too much. Where there is a maturity where you you need to love yourself. You need to because if you don't, you actually like you say you have a negative impact on others if there isn't that mature love for mm. self. Oh, lovely. Yeah, uh, Prof. Um, in my own personal research, uh, you know, in developing the the me confidence model, um, I speak of at least eighty penetrating personal discussions with leaders at various stages of a so-called seniority. And what I found is that most of us somehow confuse uh, our weaknesses with our strengths. What I'm getting at is, you mentioned that the person must like themselves. Well, this is a vital point that the prop is mentioning. People liking myself and respecting myself and realizing with respect my kind of unlimited potential, divine potential, depending on your background, is very important because if you're constantly fighting with an image of yourself that you say, yeah, but I must be honest with myself, etc., I think you're missing the point. You must be at peace with yourself. Only then can you start really developing maturity. You must have a certain kind of peace. And this is emphasized uh, strongly in the discussion I think yeah. we're about right now. So, Theo, thank you for that point. I think it's very important. We must learn to like and respect ourselves. Ironically, the ability to do that is, is directly relevant to ability to like and respect the good in others as well. And, yeah. and that doesn't mean, and this is something I found in my research, <clears throat> people say, yeah, but you've got to be honest, etc. People, um, this is a, a certain kind of honesty we're speaking about here. The more I respect myself, the more I can clearly see illuminated the so-called weaknesses. Not so, Theo. Yeah, very much. Uh, I mean, uh, you're touching on a point that the mature leader in relation to self, he, because he's at peace with himself, he accepts his strength and weaknesses. Uh, and and uh, his weaknesses and faults. And he can actually joke about it. That uh, He can humor himself. And he doesn't feel uh, taken down by that. And, and also because he can also openly talk about it. You know, I'm a very good transactional leader. I'm not that good a transformational leader. So I know now, now I can immediately reach out without being threatened to others to compliment me in my areas of weakness. Uh, um, and he, uh, because of the humbleness he's got and the insight and being at peace with himself, he knows, he or she knows that he, he needs others to succeed. And, you know, there's an interesting dynamic out uh, about that you will observe. Leaders that make themselves vulnerable in admitting to the weaknesses, and I don't know, and I'm not an expert in this, actually gains much more credibility uh, amongst uh, followers. Um, because they they even become, and this sounds ironic, ironic and paradoxical. They even gain more credibility with the with their followers by admitting, because now the people can, so to speak, say, "But yeah, but I can contribute in that area. I can support you there." Um, otherwise, if you say that you're all knowing, all powerful, uh, you actually push people away. I haven't got, you know, I'm perfect. Yes. Based on that, Theo, mm. you also mentioned uh, in, in your discussion that we mustn't confuse this inner tranquility or restfulness or peacefulness with uh, the, the, the ability to be passionate, driven, and result-orientated. Will you please just uh, lead us there? 
Yes, uh, you know, the first imp- uh, uh, understanding could be that this tranquility, restfulness, and peacefulness is a very passive leader, you know. But it, it, it. Yeah. it does not imply that at all. This leader can be very passionate, very driven, and results orientated. But these passions and drives are framed by the higher, the better, the greater, linked to a common good beyond themselves. So the passion is not aimed at himself and the results is, is uh, the results that I have. It is the person that dreams, but he dreams on behalf of the we, uh, the us. Um, so he, he is then the mature leader with respect to self, himself or herself, is a purpose-driven leader. He asks the why. And, and the other interesting thing about the mature leaders um, uh, is, is that he lives along an integrated timeline of past, present, and future, in which each time period c- carries equal weight. You know, uh, um, he does not uh, only, you know, the, the, the good old days type of thing, or, uh, you know, if we can only achieve this. He only doesn't li- live in the future. So he lives also uh, by, by looking at past, uh, present and future as an integrated timeline uh, w- with a certain mindfulness, if I can add that term in. What, what uh, rises to the surface there is something also I think is a key. One mustn't confuse this, um, um, this tranquility or restfulness or peacefulness with, with perhaps an acceptable standard as to withdraw. In other words, you know, you work hard and you play hard. Um, so the idea of peace then becomes something else. That is in some ways the opposite of the kind of peace we speak about here. The kind of peace we speak about here is not avoidance of challenges, etc. In fact, it is an embracement of it. Why? Because you're discovering within yourself this, this significant um, triggers of potential and desire to, to be a servant of, uh, of humankind. Um, so don't confuse that with what we normally speak of peace as being withdrawal or getting away from all kind of problems. Yes, there's a time to rest. I suppose that's why we have to sleep at night. But don't confuse the two. It's a big difference. Theo? Yes, and I think it also must not please be confused with just accepting that anything goes and and uh, a lack of high standards. No. This person can be very passionate about high standards, but uh, we have to see it in the relation to the other uh, um um, relationships to others and, and the world. But this person, because of their passion and their dream and the higher and the better and the greater, for the common good can set and will set very high standards. Um, but he will do it in a humane way, in engaging others, in inviting their participation uh, for their sake and not for his or her own sake. Yeah, Theo uses the term yeah, also that... Uh, um, you know, this person is good, does good, and ensures good. People, it's perhaps not very fashionable nowadays to speak of people doing good things. But uh, I suppose the more you understand leadership and authentic leadership and what really makes the difference, the more you understand it's, it's really about uh, uh, responding to the goodness in us, responding to the goodness in other people. And therefore, this leader that Theo is speaking about uh, will have clear, firm positions and points of view, but not based on, on self-righteousness, based on a genuine, authentic realization. That's, you've got to have clarity of direction and, and a principle and of uh, universal values as you go along. It's, it, it is an exciting journey, people. Please, I'm speaking as an old man here, 
and I'm telling you it's worth it. That's why I'm still involved because I'm growing all the time. And, and I must admit, if, yeah. if, if I may just say that right now in um, some of the roles that I play and some of what I, uh, my responsibilities are, I'm working with somebody who uh, this just fits in so perfectly and it, it's, it is changing one's mindset in saying, even if the person is doing something wrong, it's you focus on everything that they do negatively and it's going to just end negatively. And when you change that, your own attitude um, and, and finding out and all the rest, your whole feeling towards that person is totally different. The outcome is totally better. It's totally different. It's more engaging and... Um, I can't remember if it was in here, but I was reading something else. One of the, the thoughts was that often, and I think, Louis, you mentioned it, is that, um, or sorry, it was one of the leaders, says that sometimes an adversary ends up being such a... Uh, a um, Your great Patterson a, still says yes, that. That's, that's Some of his greatest was. friendships were started with a, with a complete difference in opinion. Yes, yeah. and, and, and it ends up with, with being a good friendship, but only if one of them has that attitude changed, like you said, having this mindset makes all the difference. And sometimes yeah. you actually have to physically almost fake it to make it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe to conclude this before moving on to the low leadership maturity with respect to self, for this mature leader, uh, leadership is a joyous choice and calling. Yes. It is really... Uh, it yeah it does not deny the accountability the heavy weight of the accountability responsibility but tackles it with uh, again that peace and that humbleness and uh, and it's good to be a leader if I can put it this way because uh, that's what I want to do as a leader to make uh, this positive difference now in contrast if you look at the low leadership maturity with respect to self is this this person lives a fragmented life. Uh, what they do is is because of their limited uh, self-insight and they uh, grappling with unacceptable, uh, they even suppressing some unacceptable facets of herself to herself. As she comp uh, he or she compartmentalizes their life into go and no-go areas. There's certain things that they just don't want to see. They don't like in themselves. Um, so they they actually, <laughs> to put it this way, they only look at a portion of the mirror when they look at themselves. So they they lack self confidence. It's either an interesting enough the the paradox again. It's either deficient, so they come across very unsure of themselves, or it's excessive because they have to protect themselves. So it's like the castle of uh, in the olden days of the the king. They put a moat around themselves and they live in the castle. Um, and they have to defend themselves um, because they don't want to. They're afraid. They're very vulnerable uh, and feel very vulnerable. The other people will uncover their weaknesses and they will, therefore will devalue themselves. Or even in some cases, what they fear of is, is that people will overexploit their weaknesses. So they yes. overemphasize their, their strengths. And then, again, paradoxical, their strengths, what is could be a strength, actually becomes a weakness uh, in itself. Um, comments maybe from your side? Uh, I think, uh, Theo, you know, in our social dynamics, we, we really see a lot of this where people are so passionate about certain things, but you sense a lack of balance. Um, and I think with respect, speaking to us, each one individually as 
and our quest for uh, authentic leadership, um, it, as we as we are able to respond to these attributes, uh, we will be at peace with self. We have an integrated approach, um, and if not, we will project, and this is exactly what happens. So, therefore, some of us become passionate about um, tunnel vision causes, and in the process. The damage done to others in the process doesn't matter anymore because you have to justify. In a real sense, you're just living out what you think of yourself. So ultimately, uh, Theo, the, 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 the law we use, at least a platform, uh, we say it's a law because it's universally applicable. We say what matters most is what I feel and I think and I believe about me. because That matters because I project that into the world out there, the good and the bad. Hmm. Yeah, uh, this this person is at war with himself, uh, not at peace, and, 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 and projects in that war onto others. So uh, this is the leader where you don't know every day uh, when you engage with that person at the beginning of the day where uh, uh, where this person, what the mood of the leader is. He's, talk, he's virtually unpredictable, impulsive, even some irrational, irrational at times. I know of a situation, to give you one example, where there was a CEO, very much like I've just described, and the arrangement with a PA, his PA, by the others uh, in the organization, that every morning she would put out, like you could call it a weather report, about what mood the CEO was in, and then you decided whether you wanted to engage with him or avoid with him. And even some cases in a very bad situation, that person can virtually uh, turn around being, you know, very engaging, very, uh, uh, um, uh, it's a nice uh, atmosphere. And the next moment, they've just turned uh, 300, and, well, 180 degrees, totally opposite. So See, they're unpredictable. We had a, grew up with a, a beautiful fox terrier, was so faithful. And they had a large family with 10 children, etc. Go swimming and this fox terrier spit some hours in the south coast way to kind of protect us, <laughs> you know, because yeah. of the instinct. But this fox terrier used to sleep outside in the morning early. Uh, he will look into the, <laughs> to the house and just see what kind of mood, you know, um, my mom is, you know, etc. And he'll turn back. <laughs> so this ref uh, just affirms what you were saying. Right so now. not only humans get affected, but oh, also yes. your animals. And, and that's, <laughs> that's also true. We know that for yeah. a fact. Uh, this leader, also this immature leader, is is uh, because he's at war with himself. He's driven by his own narrow self, short-term interests and needs and desires, which he uh, frequently puts uh, first because of lack of insight. You know, how do things suit me? And and for example, <laughs> a petty thing is uh, people must always fit into my diary and what my needs are and when I want documents. There's no, because that's what I want at this stage. It's, it's a little bit like a spoiled brat. Hey, yes. uh, the world is there to suit me. Uh, this person also, an uh, immature leader, focuses on the petty things, uh, concrete, tangible, petty, unimportant. So if you send a document to this leader, he would look at the spelling and the typos. He won't look at uh, what you were trying to convey mm. in the document mm. and what your proposals are. He looks at these small things and then in the process tries to, to pull down what you are proposing. Sure. Yes. Theo, just to make sure we communicate with our listeners out there, we are not saying that the mature leader is always in a perfect mood. Uh, what we are saying is people, because many people suffer from physical pain and from 
things like depression, which is not necessarily their, their own uh, uh, cause. But what a mature leader does, he recognizes the mood is in. And man, this is important. I've had to battle through my life to understand this properly. So he knows that what right now, the fact he's got a headache or he's frustrated or he's got some disappointment, he can see the impact on him and he, it is, and he makes sure that his behavior is commensurate with that, not so theory. In other words, that he recognizes that. Whereas a person who's immature does not recognize that. It becomes him. It's he. He expresses himself that way, and therefore he can't understand that other people don't understand him because he feels justified in what he's doing. Because he's got self-insight, uh, Louis and Kevin, he'll recognize what mood he is in. And it could be a bad mood. Yes. But then he, what, and he will understand the impact that mood could have on others. Yes. So typically the, what the mature leader would say, he would say to person uh, uh, A, he'd say, listen, sorry, I'm not in a good mood right now for these and these reasons. Uh, can we just delay this discussion? It's not a good time to discuss it with me. And maybe I won't even give fair attention to it. But because my mood is not right. And, and generous people respond right. warmly to that, not so, Theo. Yeah, very much yeah, yeah. so. Uh, compared yeah. to the, the immature leader would just say, this is bad, I don't like it, um, throw it out, etc. And uh, please don't bother me again. Uh, because he, he's got little insight in the mood and also little insight on the impact that his mood got on, uh, has on others. So his contextual relevance suffers a great deal. Because Very much and so. Whereas a mature person knows, in spite of his so-called moods or disappointments of the moment, that in the bigger context, that's, there's a peace there. There's a harmony there, and that's what he will make sure he's loyal to. Uh, mm. I think here we can move on to, to, uh, to the uh, leadership maturity in relation to others. People, leadership, we've discussed um, thoroughly, I think, the relation to self. It's so important. It'll always remain important because everything starts and stops with ourselves. But in relation to others, Theo, please uh, lead us here. Can I just make one other point about the immature leader with respect to self? It's because this person not at peace with himself and insecure in themselves. They, they externalize their need for security. And they look for security in things outside themselves, like status, power, position, wealth and possession which they then very closely identify with. And they then assess their worth in terms of these things, the status I have, the power I can exercise, the position I hold. And, and uh, again, ironically here, is as you, uh, it becomes a relentless quest for more of these things which can't satisfy you because your dissatisfaction and your 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 war is inside yourself and those yes. things can't satisfy it. Yeah, I think that's agree. an important dynamic to understand about an immature leader in relation to self. If we move then to high maturity, uh, leadership maturity with respect to others, uh, this leader, the moment you come into the presence, you experience a warm an invitation to engage, a caring, a emp emphatic type of interpersonal space that that person uh, um, 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 uh, creates. Uh, uh, this person's got, uh, you immediately experience that you unconditionally welcome, even if you're self-invited. I mean, if you go past the office of this leader and, and he's in the office and uh, you know, ain't got an appointment and you just want to say, good morning, 
there's no not, you know, what the hell are you doing here? You, you know, you interrupting my day. It is, yeah, it's good to see you. Uh, what's happening in your life? Um, yeah, this is what I'm currently busy with. There's a warm space around this person. And he sees each and every person because he's accepted himself, warts and all. This leader can also see other people as unique and treat them unconditionally with respect and dignity. Uh, because uh, and they accept others for who they are and is interested in the total person at work, at home, and also their total welfare is, is a top priority. Sometimes he would even be willing to sacrifice his own interest and needs put it above that of, of, of his colleagues or his followers. Comments, maybe? I fully agree with that. Um it is interesting when we and all of us have experienced all these different types of leaders throughout our lives, um, even from a young age. And it's always interesting how we remember the leaders that matter the most. Often we don't remember what they say, but we remember how we felt in their presence. Yeah. And I remember there's a quote is, I love you because of the way that I feel my, about myself in your presence. Um, mm. and, and that is uh, definitely what you're saying is when I feel good about myself when I'm around you, then it actually has a reflection on you because of the way the environment, the atmosphere, the spirit that you create um, in our relationship. You see, we, we speak now, Theo, um, the direction you're taking us into this, um, the word engagement, yes, you've mentioned it several times, the uh, ability to engage passionately from within yourself because you feel involved and this is your sense about these people always engaging but secondly and this is developing now towards the relationship one please leaders in that discussion because now we speak of the most perhaps the crucial part of leadership is about relationship with others yeah and and, and you know um, can i build on what you said kevin is you always feel after engaging with this leader a better person um He's interested in you personally. He's engaging with you. He is bringing you in and this whole uh, uh, attitude of teaming, participation. Uh, we rowing the boat together. It's a we agenda. Um, and we'll see it in a moment with the immature leader, when, 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 uh, which is the contrast. When crises occur, that leader, the mature leader, is boots and all into that situation. Yes. He's, he doesn't say, yeah, you've really messed up here and uh, you now have to, to sort out the mess. He is there. You know, if the sales weren't good this month, he will jointly say, no, how can we approve it? If it's like uh, we know that the mining industry, some companies are going through a bad uh, 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 period in terms of safety now, he wouldn't say it's your problem down there, sort it out. He'd say mm -hmm. jointly, what have to do we have to do around working and mining more safely. And he also shares knowledge and information continuously and free, freely. He's very transparent around information. He does not hog it, does not hang on to it. Uh, and, and in that way, he also empowers people, enable them all the time um, in terms of resources, in terms of time, in terms of skills, etc., and, and even in my own experience, I found that some of these great leaders, and I must admit right now I work with a few of them already, um, they seem to, you already know that they are in a crisis in their own personal space or related to the business or whatever, 
but they still seem to have enough time to to spend with you, even though they are in 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 their own crisis uh, management at the time, and and that's another that just takes it up to another level when they spend yeah, time also, with you. Uh, it need not be a crisis only; it could be the work pressure they're under. Yes. They just seem to have always time for you, um, uh, and 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 that is also a. A tremendous thing. If you deal with your leader and you always feel, you know, you're a nuisance factor in their lives and can they, we finish this conversation as quickly as possible. They just very, at a, uh, they will tell you, listen, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, mm. but uh, what are your interests currently? What's your concern or do you have to want to propose something to me? Let's discuss it. Otherwise, if it's really pressurized, they would say, can we make another time? I'm really taking some pressure here, but I think what you're saying and what you want to, what you're raising is very important. It's significant. Can I, can we set up a time? And he will then keep his promise. Because that's very important about a mature leader. They keep their promises and they never under, you know, overpromise and underdeliver. Ultimately, of course, Theo, we're speaking also of developing a certain quality of relationship of trust. And that can't be done by looking at objectively from the outside, you know. And you're speaking now of the maturity that we portray in a leader that engages in this spirit. Um, on the contrary, when later on you will discuss what happens if a person is immature, then this all incredible, tremendous potential of that relationship is severely curtailed. You know, and this is a, um, where you can build something uh, to normal average leaders and great leaders is somehow this process of building relationship is a constant passion with them. Um, no matter what the situation may be, they engage in this spirit. If not, uh, you pay a heavy price. <clears throat> yeah, if, if I may also make one other comment. On the converse, or if I could say the converse of that, when you are the leader and you do that to others, you also find that whatever your worries and your pressures and all the rest, even just going and helping somebody else and, and being with them and, and lightening their load or their burden, you yourself actually get affected and quite often the answer that you're looking for or the pressure that you're under also gets lifted. So both people are edified. Both people benefit from somebody being the mature leader and actually going and helping another person. Mm -hmm. You're not only helping that other person, you're helping two people and that other person you're helping is yourself. Yes, and, and, and you know also the mature leader in relation to others are continuously developing them. Mm. And does not feel threatened by the fact that this person actually eventually could take over from him. It's fine. It's for him part of recognizing the potential in others and saying, but you got the potential up to this level. Because this leader is growing in himself, he's also opening up the opportunities for him or her to move on. So they don't feel, remember the, uh, we'll get to that in a moment, the immature leader feels threatened. Hey. He yes. can't admit to his strengths and the weaknesses. So each other person is a threat to him, and he can't uh, 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 give them the opportunity to develop or teach them how to become better leaders because that will threaten him or her in, in their position. So they keep them at a distance. They keep them uh, at a lower level in order for them to, to stay ahead. Uh, uh, whereas on the contrary, Theo, you mentioned a point also that, that uh, maturity is directly 
uh, proportionate to your attitude with other people. You are, you are not concerned if they differ from you or stand up to you. In fact, you want to see the genuine person, and you don't want to see a lot of yabrus around you. Um, whereas, uh, as we discussed it in a minute, the the immature leader sees things differently. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, and then we'll probably have to move on. Just the last point about that, uh, Louis, what you mentioned is is adding to that is the, the the mature leader in relation to others grow very strong followers, and I've said it before in this program. Sometimes it's more interesting for me. I get to know more about a leader by looking who is she is uh, surrounding themselves with, because if they've got strong followers, and they say, uh, you know. But give your opinion and what's going on here. And there's these fierce conversations. It tells you a lot about the maturity of the leader with relation to himself. The immature leader with respect to others, if I can move on, uh, immediately feels threatened by others because he's, he's got this inner insecurity. So what he does, he sets up these cold, distant, formal, restricted and elitist interpersonal spaces. You only enter into his space by his invitation. And, and his mantra is divide and rule. Because the moment he, the followers, he can't have followers that kind of have a team because they may gang up against him. So he sets the conditions under which people will engage with him uh, only by his invitation. And um, he is only interested in what the person can deliver. You're not a, a full person for him. Um, he's leading individuals and only interested in what what the person can 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 uh, input in terms of the the leader's personal agenda. Um, leaders must uh, make their own way. He doesn't enable empower uh, empowering meaning here, giving them the space to make decisions, the freedom to act, and and enabling is giving the skills what they need. So um, you you are virtually. Just there to deliver for the, 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 the leader. You solely work colleagues. You must get on with the job and do get it done, regardless of circumstance. Yes. Comments, maybe? Theo, how does, and now, how does he see the reaction, or she sees the reaction of other people? In other words, um, how does he, his insight into the reaction of other people, uh, the immature leader? Very little. He, he's got very little insight into the impact of his own behavior, that moody leader that realizes I'm in a bad mood here, maybe I must just, uh, I recognize the bad mood and then just say to people that want to interact with me, maybe that's not a good time now, you know, I've just had this uh, bad circumstance, bad experience, uh, but can we set it up? No, this person's got a little insight in his own moods, his impact of behaviors on others and vice versa, their impact on him. Um, so, so, yeah. Very little insight in terms of mutual impact. Something that I also picked up, and it goes back also to the where you mentioned about the individual. I found, and, and tell me that I like this saying, that everything I accuse you of, especially when I repeat it over and over and over, get aggressive about, get angry about, you know, whatever, I'm guilty of myself. So things that I see in you I are actually a reflection of what I see in myself, and that's why I get angry, anxious, and all the rest. So part of that reflection is in my relation with other people, I, I tell people, you watch two people who've had 
really humdinger of an argument. And what the one is accusing of the other, if you know both of them very well, bet you that that person does a similar thing. And I use the example, I might complain, ah, oh, Theo, you don't phone me, you don't phone me. I might be phoning people, but go and look at my other correspondence with others, emails or, or messages that are left behind. And I'm terrible at that. But I'm, I'm accusing you and getting aggressive at you because there's a major insecurity in myself on that particular thing. Whereas the opposite happens with a mature leader. They recognize and they say, you know, I'm not good. Yes, you're right. I don't phone you. Um, and I'm going to improve on that. And there's no aggression. There's no anger. There's no um, uh, accusations almost. It doesn't feel threatened by it. doesn't Correct. feel threatened. It says, fine, sorry, I've been very busy, and I admit, as you say, uh, that I haven't been in contact as, as I should have been. Uh, let's see how we can deal with it in the future, and I have to, uh, you know, uh, um, change my, my, my actions. Yeah. The other interesting thing about uh, immature leaders in their relationship to, to, to their followers um, is that they overload them with unreasonable, unrealistic workloads. And also don't even supply them with resources to get the job done because he wants to keep them as far as way uh, of, of him or her and keep them, so to speak, under his thumb. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, in the work situation, very important and leaders play a very important role of matching for the, the, the followers the work demands to the work resources, that those two things don't go out of balance. So if you put certain demands on people, they need to certain the resources. Uh, but uh, immature leaders don't do that. They want to actually make the people that work with them, report to them, feel incompetent, insecure. And that ties in with what you said, uh, given in resonance with their own feelings of incompetence and low uh, self-confidence. And that's also an interesting thing to, to observe in followers around leaders. How confident are they? How self-assured are they? How do they say, bring it on and we can tackle it, compared to the others that you definitely, you know, uh, oh, what do you think, uh, uh, sir, and how do we approach it? There's a lack of this confidence to engage. Um, this, this leader also, the immature leader, sets un, very unrealistic uh, 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 standards, kind of, of unattainable perfection. So it's impossible to, uh, actually for people to achieve this. And what you then get is the, uh, these, these duck and dive behavior. Because the leader makes these unreasonable demands, people just go into a, a PR kind of a relationship mode. They pretend that things are okay. They pretend that they are doing the job. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, very little of the things happen. And then usually that's where a company goes into a crisis spin. Because there's no 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 uh, true reality that they're dealing with. They're working to a make-believe reality where the one is actually trying to bluff the other. Yeah. You see, we're, we're discussing a, a very important aspect of, um, of mature leadership. Of course, in this case, what immature leadership also does or doesn't do. Um, the ability to grow people around you, this is something you've mentioned several times now, Theo, uh, to act with confidence, um, that is a direct reflection often of the of the spirit of the of the leader. And make no mistake about that. And now, um, a, 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 this a mature leader 
has this instinct not to to provide all the answers, um, but to make sure that people are passionately involved in finding solutions. And you mentioned about the building uh, this kind of um, authentic team around you. There's something magnificent about the confidence that a team can have around you individually. I've had experience recently where we focus a lot on these principles, Theo, and Mm -hmm. one of the things has been the confidence. For instance, the boss comes and he's shown great maturity in how to to help build his team. And they will disagree with the boss, but not at all in a contentious manner. Say, no, I think we can do it this way. And then you can see the boss thinks, and he says, oh, go with it. Um, So this team has, in a couple of months, grown exponentially in its individual confidence in themselves. And this is where, of course, the immature leader will actively destroy along the way. So it's all about people. At the beginning, we spoke about our personal happiness is closely related to understanding what authentic leadership is about. And this, once again, what a pleasure it is. I really feel in this specific team I'm speaking about, we, at the beginning we discussed them, how do you feel about coming in Monday? And they gave a lot of humoristic answers, but boy, they didn't like coming in Monday. I believe that's changed. They're finding a far more a cohesive team spirit. Even though they may not always be able to verbalize it, you can just feel that spirit. And everybody is supportive of each other. And suddenly the so-called crises somehow seem to becoming less. The call-outs they have, this is a very dangerous environment in the gold mining industry. The call-outs for emergency at night has dropped dramatically because the staff is somehow handling it with greater confidence. And this is a direct reflection of what you were saying now, what happens if you're a if you are a mature leader, not so, Theo. Yeah, you capacitate your people. So, and, 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 and Louis, that is a very uh, good sign again. It's not only about who the leader is surrounding himself with, but how he's capacitating them when he's absent, that they, can, they feel trusted enough to carry on and sol- uh, solve a crisis. Uh, and not, you know, where's the, the 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 boss and we first have to refer up to him and he must give his all uh, wonderful, all-knowing input into to solve. They solve it themselves. And, mm-hmm. and, and they know that the leader will trust them that they're doing it for the greater good, for the, 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 the superordinate goals and the vision that they are aspiring to actually uh, actualize. They don't feel threatened by the absence. Uh, in terms of a crisis, uh, an immature leader is usually absent in a crisis because they worry they're going to get exposed. They don't, they become a kind of a, they find excuses not to be present in the situation because they want to find scapegoats, they want to be able to blame other people or even, you know, it's an act of God, but it's never themselves. They, they don't pile in and assist with a crisis. Not in a kind of, I take the lead, but in a kind of how can I support you? How can I provide you with information? How can I provide you with from my wisdom what could be the case? It's not that they then take charge. They allow the person in their space of accountability to take charge, but supporting them. Yeah, very true. Something, if I could make a comment on, um, you know, the Six Sigma um, philosophy. Mm. Mm. I remember working for a, a, a fairly large corporation that um, wanted to implement this in. And if you do not have mature leadership, it never will work. Um, 
there's always the they they then start nitpicking and it's never looking at solutions or they they pretend to look at solutions but it's always about nitpicking of what what has been done wrong and never the 98% of what has been done right um so if you're dealing with a, a, a 10,000 items in a day in your business and one goes wrong everything explodes about that one thing yes and you want to improve but everything is around you made one mistake yes what about the yes. other 9999 well done for doing that what can, what went wrong here can we improve it it was a mistake you know let's move on and and so sometimes the philosophy of six sigma it's a it's a great um, ambition to work towards but you've got to handle it with great maturity with great uh, maturity. Uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin, just to take that point of view, yours further is 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 uh, the immature leader in his relationship with the others will carry ju- uh, grudges, and they'll have a little black book. Yes. In which they and they will always, you know, uh, two weeks ago you did this, that, and the other thing. They never able to move on, uh, and they hold it against you. I mean, can I tell you, this is a, a classic example of an immature leader. In this organization, the parking of the executives were in front of the, the head office. It was kind of, you know, one of these shade, what shady, what do you call them? Ports, you know. Yes, with, uh, shade cloth. And, and they had little uh, uh, um, um, cards, you know, uh, boards on a, uh, on a peg. For, to indicate, you know, this is the parking for the CEO and the marketing director and the financial director. And let's say there were eight or nine of these executives. This CEO overnight, depending on whether you were in favor of him or not, would move the allocated parking spaces by moving the boards. So, you know, if you were in favor of him, then your allocated parking lot kidding? would be right to the next to the CEO. Now you messed it up and he doesn't like you. The next moment when you turn up at work, you like four spaces down away from him. And, oh of course, boy. the closer you got to the end, the more you knew that you were on your way out. That is a true manifestation of immature behavior, uh, immaturity as a leader. That, that ferocious engagement not yeah. allowed. So what happens is, again, I want to return. You create this fake reality. You're not dealing yes. with the true reality of the organization and engaging with a common good. It's about me and using others to, to, to promote my personal agenda. Yes, it's, it wasn't so deadly serious sometimes. It, it, it's really funny, and the mature person does see the funny side of it. Yes. But we must recognize that in ourselves. See, we're running out of time again. Now, it's important in our specific environment – um, in South Africa, uh, the, our attitude towards the world, that's your last area, yeah. is so important, isn't it? And yeah, the leader's got a relationship to himself, to others, and then to the world. And the mature leader see himself as part of the world. Um, I'm, I'm one of the world, and, and, and this world, the, 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 the assets, the resources have been entrusted to me. So you can call it also a sustainability attitude with a mature leader. I'm serving a common good. I want to leave the world a better place through the legacy I, I, I leave behind. So what he sees, as somebody has put it, that uh, what he's currently the resources or the, that he's using to get the job done, he's borrowed from the future. 
doesn't belong to them. It, it's been borrowed from future generations. And he or she has to leave the world and be at a place. They typically have a, got a big picture of the world in which they can fit the, you know, they've got a, a, a they understand the pieces of the world and can fit it into the puz a puzzle. Um, and they understand how the world works in the rules. So um, that if I have, if I take action here, this is the knock-on effect, or I have to consider these things. They're very good storytellers in sketching big pictures, and people can understand how things fit together um, and how things connect uh, and, and, and how one action or decision would impact on another thing. Um, they don't feel currently we've been talking also a couple of times already about this Vikas world of of uh, variety, overwhelming variety, interdependency, complexity, change, ambiguity, ambiguity and seamlessness. They don't feel threatened by it because they've got this resilience and agility, resilience to, 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 to uh, bounce back if they get knocked down, but also the, the agility to actually be adaptable. Um, and also they don't feel threatened by dilemmas and paradoxes. They understand that sometimes you have to juggle both centralization and decentralization. You have to juggle both control and autonomy. And, and they're able to fuse these, these uh, uh, um, 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 uh, contrast uh, dilemmas. They also not only depend on their rational, logical thinking, uh, they also depend on the intuition, the sixth sense. Um, and, and they're willing to question and uh, go across boundaries. Some of the characteristics in, of a mature leader in relation to the world. Maybe comments? <laughs> Still, I was once interviewed, Audie and I, on the Gareth Cliff show. He's an old friend of ours too. And he was pressing on an emotional issue. And I answered and said, the answer is yes, no. He didn't like that. <laughs> I'll explain to you, no, no. You must look at the context as well. And what you're saying here, when people are forced to, uh, to do an either or answers, be careful. Maturity uh, understands the different context, and therefore the contextual relevancy is always very important to the mature leader. Yeah, and, and going through this world, this leader, mature leader, has got a very strong ethical compass and conscience. They, they're asking all the time what is right, what is good, and is what, what is valuable to do. And also the question, what's the impact for whom, where, and when of my decisions, my actions in the present and going into the future. So this leader is a purpose-driven leader, um, asking the questions always of the why and the common good and the greater good for, 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 for people. You want us to move on to the immature leader? Well, I just want to, to, yes, we need to do that so we can see ourselves in that too, Theo. Please do that. Uh, I think the immature leader in his or her relationship to the world sees that the world is in service of them. So it's, it's virtually like a royal attitude. The world is, belongs to me and is, is here to serve me. They see themselves at the top of the food chain. Um, they, uh, they also see the world in a very fragmented, standalone way, and they kind of respond to, to the world in, 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 to, uh, you know, very specific situations that are not linked together. Um, 
if you talk to them about the big picture and how it pieces together, they will have an attitude or a response like, you know, don't come be so theoretical and abstract. Um, they can't see the world as as this holistic whole and that you there are patterns of interaction here. At most, they can see that e, uh, A impacts on B and B impacts on C. So kind of a very uh, linear causal type of relationship where the mature leader sees things systemically, organically. Um, very much change is a great threat to this leader. Eh? Yeah, he or she yeah. doesn't like change well, because change opens up the, the, uh, it threatens his confidence, which is at a low in any event, and also uh, puts a question whether he or she will be able to cope. So they very much a status quo maintainer, and they will have the, you know, the, the good old times, and uh, you, we've always done it like this, and why do you, the, the typical saying of it ain't broken, uh, uh, what's the saying? It ain't broken, don't, don't, fix, don't, it. Fix, uh, yeah. don't fix it or yeah. something. Theo, Theo, we have run away my mind too about the exciting potential you've discussed now. Uh, just finally, the final thought, if you don't mind. Um, the social media drives us into camps often, and we get uh, rampant uh, in getting associated with certain causes, which often is very, very immature as well. But I want to mention, Theo, and I get your thoughts on that. There's a, a great affinity between people who really want to do the right thing and who are mature. We must not allow ourselves to be discouraged because that's the core, the foundation of what makes a difference out there to people's life, to the families, to the businesses, you name it, to political leadership as well. So that affinity between those people, we've found, we've, we sought them out, we've found them in surprising places, and we must have trust that there are a lot of such people around and not be swept away by the negative uh, trends of social, social media. Your final thought then to, to everybody yeah, out there? Yeah. Can I just build on that, Lou? I think, you know, we've spoken about who does the leader surround himself with, how mature, immature are the followers. I think the social media has also become a very good indicator of the maturity of leadership, how they <laughs> respond to things. Mm. Are they rude? Are they, uh, are they just self-driven? Uh, in terms of the social media, because it's a very easy way to expose you, whether you're a mature or immature leader, how you communicate yourself, how you defend yourself and how you protect yourself or how you admit to certain things or not. That stands on its own feet. Thank you, Theo. I think we must end off now and say to you, our friend, we appreciate mm. you. You're making a difference out there. We hope with your association with the, the uh, Global Leadership Platform, you will indeed make a far greater difference. Thank you, Theo. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Thanks, everybody. That was our Leadership Master lesson today with Professor Theo Feltzman. Looking forward to the next engagement. This is cliffcentral.com.